0: what's good people it's talk your walk I'm with my co-host just kidding he's the host Austin, <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> okay my producer you didn't even
1: you know what uh, hi i'm george <laughs> i don't do the intro we're off to y'all. a great start yeah you're... i don't do the intros. i was That's like i'm gonna give him do the intro I, I, I was he told be, me i was to like
2: do. hey no why don't you go ahead and do this intro i'm sorry i was like i wanted to give no okay give a man community. a little bit more notice please wait all you all know right. what
0: y'all all want right. to know my favorite part about this whole thing no the guests always look so confused whenever we start, because <laughs> like they don't what know is what's going, going on. on. <laughs> Anyways.
1: We're joined by, I don't know, can you guys do something? Anything? Yeah, I, of course. Should <laughs> uh, I do
2: the intro? <laughs> dude, oh, hey, at this point, dude, it'd probably be better off. Today, we're joined by Josephus Lyles. Um, Noah, if you want to go ahead and give us a little bit of backstory, you have more connections with Josephus than well, me and George do. I grew up with
0: Joe. Um, when did we meet? Like, five, eight? 10. Man, I couldn't even tell you. It was before It was a long I, it was time like ago. like three or four or something like that. I think my first, my, one of my first memories is the birthday party with you and Noah. Yeah. And then I got you both, um, the Star Wars character and it was like Count Dooku and Luke Skywalker. And then I gave you the Luke Skywalker one <laughs> and I was like, oh wait, no, it's, and like when I switched them out, like, so I gave Noah the other one or whatever. And I remember you were just like, oh, like, you look so sad. Like, you look so hurt. I don't know why to this day, but that's, like, my first memory. But uh, So, I know you run so you run track, and you got your own um, photography and videoing
3: and whatnot. Tell me more about that. Uh, so, I guess we'll start off on the track, because that's, like, my main profession.
0: Uh,
3: I'm a professional athlete. I run for Adidas. They are my sponsor. And, um, you know, hopefully the goal is the Olympics, but the way kind of track works is, You know we run uh between around like april to september october that's our main season uh we'll have a lot of meets in europe you know some meets in america and stuff like that and you know we pretty much race and we make money that way as well as like we're sponsored by like nike adidas new balance like different shoe companies and the shoe companies will pay us as well so that's kind of how you know we make our living
0: yeah i've worn nike to their house because it's sponsored by adidas
3: yeah, so yeah. i wore Ni- all nike <laughs> they to kick their you house out? once they kick you out oh yeah oh yeah they were pissed oh, <laughs> they were yeah. so yeah
2: my mom was like uh, uh <laughs> what you wearing
0: no nike sauce for
2: boy <laughs> I, I think it's fascinating because i don't i don't think a lot of people know exactly how having a profession in track and field really works especially after you get out of you know the collegiate level of it
3: yeah definitely so it's actually really interesting because in a lot of olympic sports you know sports that are like mainly like people care about Olympics like swimming gymnastics track stuff like that yeah people you know they just assume that we just train for the olympics 24 7 like four years you know we're all just training for one thing but that's actually not the case like we have a uh, world championships every two years so this year in 2019 there's a world championships wow. and then 2021 there's a world championship well,
0: where's that being held at
3: uh so this year it's in uh, doha qatar
0: the, what uh, i know i play uh, guitar as that? an instrument no. but uh, doha
3: doha, <laughs> doha qatar oh okay 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 uh, still don't know so where's that uh, in it's in like the middle east okay. uh it's right next to saudi arabia oh it's, like, you know what country. i have i
0: actually have it starts with the q right yes okay yeah qatar, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
3: and so um like in 2017 it was in london um wow, 2015 so is in traveled. beijing you've traveled <laughs> Uh, A little bit. That's one of the the big things about track and field. Like, a lot of the uh, track meets are, like, around the world. So, um, you know, even talking about next month, like, I'll probably, like, be out the country for a long time. Um, So, our season's really, like, based in Europe mostly, predominantly. And then, you know, the world championships will be, like, in, you know, either, you know, South America or Asia or, you know, um, the Middle East, like, uh, wherever. Um,
2: how long have you been doing this?
3: So I'm 20 right now. I went professional out of high school, Wow! which is not very, uh, like it's not seen. it's not common. Mm -hmm. Um, me and my brother actually both did Noah Lyles as well. And, um, we were, we were originally signed to the university of Florida. We were supposed to run track there on a track scholarship. And, you know, we were running fast that year and we had kind of like seen it coming a little bit. And you know the opportunity arose, so we ended up going and signing with Adidas, and you know foregoing the colleges.
2: Yeah. So that kind of works on a scout level of like they have people at when you're with these colleges to see if they can recruit you. I'm guessing. Um, so in a professional sense,
3: like they have like certain yes scouts and everything like that. Uh, most of the time, they're not really scouting like high school kids. They'll look more at like the college level.
0: So then y'all ran for UF. For, no, we never ran for US. Okay, oh, so wow. they, so yeah. they pulled. Okay, okay. You I made mean it to the yourself. party, but you didn't get it to stay. Gotcha. <laughs> we
3: gotcha. just, we just signed the, we just signed the national letter of intent to go there, and literally like the summer before we went in 2016, um, we ended up, you know, the Olympic trials was that year, and my brother had ended up running like really fast at the Olympic trials, and he got fourth, and he was the alternate for the Olympic team. Wow. And uh, at like 18 years old, and we were looking at, you know, some of the um, companies before then and so that was like one of the like the the seal and the deal type things where it's like all right you know uh let's make that move <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so then
0: why why pure athletics like
3: uh so pure athletics is like that's that's who that's our uh, training group and that's who our like our coach kind of made that and they have you know uh or my coach he has a lot of he's had a lot of really good athletes he's been coaching for a really long time so like Um, He coached, like, Tyson Gay, who's the American record holder in the 100. He coached, like, um, Shawnee Miller, and she's the Olympic champion in 2016 in the 400. And just, like, a lot of – like, he has, like, a lot of medalists, a lot of Olympic medalists and world championship medalists. So, like, that's a big thing into, you know, um, training. And we originally lived in Virginia, or we lived in Virginia when we were in high school. Um, Actually, you know, Gainesville native. (laughs) Just putting that out there. But – uh. We we lived in Virginia when we were in high school and you know, the weather up there, it's not always the best. In Florida, Texas, California, like those states have really good weather. So, um we train in Claremont, Florida, just outside of Orlando and you know, the weather's good pretty much all year round. universal's
0: like right
3: there. <laughs> so Yeah. That. But
0: But uh tell me more so getting away from the sport itself, but like more of like the social aspect of it. So going straight going from high school you were living like a normal high school life well not really normal but because you probably were like training 24 7 am i right
3: more or less yeah. yeah
0: so going from that to boom like all of a sudden i'm pro or you know like how how does that how does that what is that what's the impact on your life
2: yeah because from the sounds of it, it doesn't seem like you've got to i mean it So, you skipped a step in life. You just (laughs) kind of, you know what I mean? You didn't get to really experience that like 18, 19, like teenage type of life, it seems like. Well, let me tell
3: you when I first went pro and we were living like with my mom and everything like that, and we ended up moving to Florida. So, it was me and my brother and we lived together. And it was kind of crazy. I'm going to just put it like this I couldn't cook at all. Uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) I still can't. I pretty much had to learn how to do everything by myself or um, just off the rip, like you're like, all right, you know, I'm turning in papers for like my senior project or whatever. And then, you know, two months later, you know, I'm looking like I'm paying taxes and I'm, you know, living by myself. And I like, you know, you got to buy this and buy that. And it's like, it's, it's really a growing experience and you know, kind of the thing I learned mostly from that is it's, it's not as hard as people think it is. Like, you know, when you're younger, you're like, uh, you know, like everybody wants to be older, but nobody wants to learn responsibility. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's not as hard. It's a little, it's, it's a little challenging, especially like for like the first year you go into that lifestyle and especially like how, um, our training group is. And just like being in that atmosphere is everybody's a lot older than us. Like I'm the youngest person in our group. I'm 20 and I've been the youngest person since I'm 18 and we have people that are up to like 35, 36 were training with so when I first got there like I think the closest person in age to me was like 24 um so just that experience like not even being in the same uh like generation technically like you know people like you know I was born in 1998 so that's like that technology yeah 98 and so uh, (laughs) that's like that technology age so just going and being around just older people is like it, it was definitely a kind of like a like a culture shock almost where it's like okay you know i'm i'm a kid but i kind of can't be a kid anymore and then even going on the circuit which is like the um you know the meets and track and track and field like going to the meets and stuff like that and i feel like this baby and everybody else is like older and you'll get in races with like olympic champions and all that kind of stuff and you're like you know it's a lot of pressure yeah it's a lot of i'm um, not sure Maybe even if it's not from other people, it's from you. Because, of course, you want to do well and everything like that. And you go into these races and you just just this lifestyle where it's like everybody's older than you, more mature than you. They've had like five or six more years, more experience than you. So I would say that's probably one of the more challenging things. And I guess in any field as well, like when you're trying to get started in a field and you're like, uh, you know people have so much more experience than you and stuff like that even if you're like well qualified it doesn't matter cuz there's so much like more that they have like just in terms of like years right like yeah. they've been around longer so
2: I was about to say you find yourself in a unique position where you have all these people that have all this wisdom and guidance to give you and it i mean from the sounds of it you were the youngest person to be a part of it so being around that i'm sure that had to have like impressioned you in a certain way with your career
3: uh yeah definitely i think one of the 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 best things about our training group uh you know they're very helpful. They're very supportive. So even now, um, like I've been in it like two or three years, so I, I would say like I'm I'm kind of used to it now. But even now, like there's so many people who have been at the top, like been those Olympic champions, everything like that. They're always passing down knowledge. They're always giving us like advice and stuff like that. Even if it's not necessarily about um, the the running. But it'll be like about like, you know, like, you know, being smart with your money or doing these are the mistakes exactly. I made. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, it, and, you know, it's it's so helpful because to have people like that around you to like be able to be like, all right. You know, you you got to you got to, you know, don't get too caught up in this and that and these rankings and everything like and it's just like little things that you think don't matter. But they really do like this. It's just like things that people tell you that. You know, you you kind of take for granted and and you really shouldn't. Like, you know, a lot of people have wisdom and you don't really notice it or you don't value it until later.
0: That mentality um or like how you said, you were talking about like do you ever did you ever get psyched out, you know, when you when you first started cuz you were talking about, you know, being in the realm of, you know, a lot of different people who are older than you, who have been doing this longer than you. Um how, does that, how did that make you feel, you know, personally, on, like, a personal level? How, would you, how, how did you handle it, you know, and how did you grow from it?
3: Um, so I say at first, you know, being around, like, you know, just so much more, so much more mature people. It's, it's actually kind of funny because in, in athletics in general, not just, like, track, but I feel like in, in most sports, we're on that professional athlete level. Everybody just kind of stays young because they're around that culture. <laughs> so they, they just never grow up. So you'll have, like, 30-year-old people who kind of act like kids. <laughs> and yeah. then you'll have, like, like – or you could have, like, 30-year-old people who, like, act like uh, like mature adults. So, like, you'll have, like, one person who has kids and is, like, super mature and is yeah. like, all right, you know, I got practice. And then I'm going to kick my kid up from school or whatever. And then you have the other person who's like, all right, I'm 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 30 and I'm about to go to the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's hilarious because there's so many – different uh personalities and so many different maturity levels even though you know people tend to be a certain age um it was at first it was definitely uh what's the word i would say it definitely i i would say i felt pressured a little bit intimidated intimidated that's yeah Yeah. uh intimidated especially when i got to racing like uh being 18 year old and racing these people yeah i remember uh (laughs) It's funny because one of my best friends now, Matthew Hudson Smith, he was uh, in the Olympic. Good Olympics. old Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one knows him, but he's a... Shout out to T and Crumpet. <laughs> <laughs> he's from the UK, and he's uh, he was in the Olympic final like the year before in 2017, and it was at a meet, and it was my first race, and I'm in like lane three or four, and he's in the lane outside of me, and it's in high school you know you don't really have them as much competition when you know you were coming out as good as like me or my brother so i'm like all right it's we ran the 400 meters and it's a lap around the track and we stay in lane so the the first hundred i'm like all right for
0: for y'all who don't run track i ran it once like my senior year it is not a good time (laughs) (laughs) especially if you're not in shape like them it is not a good time okay go ahead so it's considered
3: like one of the harder events. So. I'm used to like running up and catching the the person in front of me like in the first like couple meters, cause I'm not used to like running against people who at such high you know um, skill levels. People stuff. like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so major
0: athleticism.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. I remember I went out like super fast, and I got to like halfway through the race, and I'm like out there, like I'm I'm running. And the 400 won the race, you kind of have to pace a little bit. It's still a sprint, though. And so I remember Matt just blasting me in the last 200, (laughs) just just leaving me. And I ended up getting, like, sixth in the race. And I was so hurt. (laughs) And, you know, looking back at it, I remember he told me, because he's one of my best friends now, he told me, he was like, yeah, I remember that one race, and you got out, and I was like, I don't know what this fool thinks, but he's going to die. <laughs> and he said he saw my, my back break at like oh. two, at 2.50, and he was like, oh, bet. And he just, oh, like, man. whooped me. And so it's funny because looking back at that, it's like, um, like, in that race, I wasn't really doing what I should have did. Like, I felt like I, I was intimidated. So because of that, I didn't perform to my best abilities. I didn't go out and, like, execute, like, a good race plan. And so I guess that's probably, like, one of the biggest times, like, I would say, like, intimidation, like, it is real. And almost for, like, the whole first year of me running, it was kind of like I was kind of running like that, like, almost intimidated, kind of scared. And it's it's not
2: good. <laughs> would you say it's been a, uh, you know, it's going to be a weird way to put it, but I think with any professional athlete or any type, any time that you're in a career like that, it can either be very volatile or it can be very welcoming and friendly. And it sounds like you had a lot of friendly, competi- you know, people around you that wanted to bring you up. Yeah, uh, I would say even
3: the sport is interesting. Uh, people are friendly, and then people aren't friendly. Yeah, it really. depends. <laughs> yeah, I've met, a, I've met a couple of them. Yeah,
2: yeah, athletes, athletes are intense. You know, you put yourself in a lifestyle where you're physically putting your body on the line to compete against other men. That's something that's gonna drive something in you. That's like I'm sure that not, I'm sure none of us here can even come close to understanding the pressure that's involved with you know wanting to move your way up in a career like that while also having to build these relationships. Yeah, um,
3: it's really interesting. I think one of the hardest things is uh, when you get on the line and stuff and, you know, in in high school and college, I feel like it's like a, a major time when you build a lot of those relationships. Like a lot of people who are close to each other are usually like from college, like they knew each other. But when you get to like the professional level, it's a like it, it really comes down to like a money thing. Wow. Like when you race and it's like, all right, there's this amount of money for the winner mm-hmm. and then Like if you're second or third, you know, you're getting less. And then if you're like, you know, last, you might not be getting anything. So it's like, all right. It's all fun and games. There's money involved. (laughs) Yeah. You put it on the line and it's like, all right. You know, like, of course, you know, you want to be friendly with people. You don't want to, you know, be a terrible person or a jerk or anything like that. And I would say, like, there's a lot of, like, camaraderie in track as well. But sometimes it's, like, it just comes down to, like, you're on the line and you're like, all right, you know, I want your money. I want your money. <laughs> I want your money. I'm going I'm to get your money. I'm going to get your yeah. money. <laughs> it's, like, and, and like, that last 100 meters. And, you know, depending on the person, because track is not necessarily, like, the most well paid sport. You know, we're not making, like, a lot of people aren't making millions. You know, there are a couple of people, outliers, that are making, like, a lot of money. And there are some people who aren't making, like, almost any money and there's some people who actually don't have shoe contracts and stuff like that so because of that they're not they're really only getting the money from winning meets and stuff so like when it comes to that you get on the line and it's like Okay, well
2: this might be dinner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or something like that for some people. So I feel like that's a giant misconception with a lot of professional athletes is that they're you know, you hear the word professional athlete and you're thinking, Oh, they must be making bank. But at the end of the day, you're paying for not only the you know correct me if I'm wrong on this, but you're paying the people that you're sponsored with, or like the people that you work with to work with them, or the people that are training you where you train at. I mean, how does that all work?
3: Yeah, so like um you have to pay your coach and stuff like that and you know it's different for everybody but in situations you know your your shoe company will pay you and then you'll pay your coach and you'll pay for, to get your treatment done like if you're getting like massages or you're getting like physiotherapy and stuff like that and i mean it, it it's like you're a business so you're paying people to do stuff for you and then hopefully you collect and then you can you know keep doing it yeah. But, you know, like if you're not making a lot of money, then it's like, okay, well, you might not be able to have the best coach because you can't afford the best coach or you might not be able to have the best like um, physiotherapy. Or like if you get injured, you might not be able to have the best doctors because, you know, you can't afford the best doctors or something like that. You know, someone who's making like a little more money, like they might like if they have an injury, they might go to Germany to get like work done that they wouldn't be able to get in America. But not everybody can, you know, get that. So it's. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah It has the potential of being a very high-paying job and a very lucrative type of business model, but also the upkeep is yeah. can be ridiculous. Yeah. As, as with anything, it's a
2: high-risk, high-reward. Yeah, exactly. So. And you're young. I mean, you're only 20, but at the same time, you've got to be thinking about the toll that this is taking on your body mentally, physically. I mean, it's, it's a lot to handle, especially because you started so young. Yeah, so um He's like, nah, I'm fine." <laughs> I, I feel great on. for I'm you, great. dude. I whatever, man.
0: <laughs> so,
3: I mean, honestly, I think a big thing about the sport, sports in general, probably even life is like the the mental state of it and the psychology. Like I I know I have a sports psychologist and um you know, Diana McNabb and she works with like the Olympic team and stuff like that. And um I've been working for her with her for a couple years. And I would say, like, the mental part of the sport, sports in general, is a big deal because that can literally be the make or break. And, like, if you get in a race and you have eight people in the race and all of them are, like, this, pretty much the same skill level, someone's going to win. So when it comes down to it, it's usually the person who has the strongest, like, mental is probably going to win the race. And, you know, like, when you lose or when you're winning a lot or you're losing a lot, like, all that, like, affects you. Uh, mentally like it can like you can you know be on a high like super high you're winning you're winning you're winning and then all of a sudden you know you know you take a couple losses and then you're destroyed because you're like what the heck is wrong with me or you could be losing a lot and you know you could be the same way or you could just be in the middle like there's just so much stuff that goes into it you could be you know training really well and then you know not performing or even like your relationships outside of track and field like if you have like a you know relationship like a girlfriend and you know y'all are having problems and then all of a sudden that that carries over to your track life or your you know your professional life and like just your headspace in the whole like in your whole life like it's 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 a make or break thing that could literally be your career
0: so i know i know that and correct me if i'm wrong i know you had an injury didn't you yeah with your hip it was it was your hip right?
3: Yeah, I tore my I tore my hip. Okay, so
0: <laughs> how did that? So, you know, you just explained all that. So how how did you deal with that? How did you deal with that injury and then like the? Because I'm sure you had, I know I know you had that mental state of just like oh man, my career's over. Yeah, what am I gonna like,
3: do? I mean, what'd you do? I mean, it was it was kind of rough. Tell me that story. Um, so literally, I had um. I was in high school. It was my senior year and it was probably like two months out for the Olympic trials. And, you know, I was really wanting to try to make that Olympic team and I had went into a race. I was running the 200 and I took three steps out the blocks and I just heard this loud pop and I was just, next thing I knew, I was just on the floor crying and I was on the ground and then there's just people standing on top of me and I was devastated. Like I, at the time I was, I was just, I was just like crying. It hurt. So, you know, a couple like, uh you know, the end of the day goes by, I'm coming back I go to the doctors and they're like, okay, it's just a strain. You know, you can come back in like a couple weeks and I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm on crutches. I'm in like a, like, you know, it's wrapped and taped up all that stuff. I'm on crutches and I'm doing rehab and in the middle of rehab, my quad just starts bleeding like there's blood just pulling on the inside of it so then and you know this is one of those things where it comes to like you know i was in high school so i guess like the the first thought wasn't to get like an mri because you know money (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i end up getting an mri and they're like all right you have like a four or five centimeter tear wow in in your hip like Uh uh-oh and (laughs) that's not good (laughs) and so they're like you're gonna be out for like six or seven months and i'm like like at the time i'm like all right i'm okay you know like and my mom is just bawling crying uh because like she knows what that means to me by the time you know i'm like all right i'm fine you know i can do that you know it's, it's just not my time and so that summer that happened in may of 2016 within the next two months we started talking about um contracts with you know different companies and stuff like that we started meeting with people you know stuff actually started happening i remember we went to the olympic trials and uh for my brother and um noah had ended up doing really well there and that whole time we were talking to companies and all that kind of stuff and i remember it was like the the finals of the 400 at the olympic trials and i was like i can't watch this race (laughs) because i felt like i should have been in it like i was like that should have been me so even when i came back and started running again and I remember I was terrible. Like I could not run to save my life. I was going so slow. Yeah. Uh, My quad was, had like atrophy like greatly. So, which means like a lot of the muscle had just, uh you know, I lost a lot of muscle yeah. in that leg. Like weight wise, I was down in weight. Mm-hmm. So I was struggling in training and that was the first time I was training like professionally, I had moved down with a coach. So I was doing all this stuff and I'm I'm getting a little better, getting a little better. And then I compete in my first meet and it's an indoor meet in January. And I do terribly. I mean, ah, trash. I was terrible. And so, um, USA track and field, they had some doctors come to like our track or whatever, and they were looking at me and they were like, Yeah, you shouldn't run for the whole year. Like your muscle, your your leg is so weak that it's it like you could get injured again if you run on this. And they gave me, like, all these exercise and rehab stuff to do. And you know, I was doing them. And I'm like, I don't care what they say. I'm running this year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm just putting in work, work after work. Like, I mean, this, I was I was grinding, grinding. <laughs> I was just putting in work, putting in work, doing all my stuff, sitting on top of myself. And, you know, all this time. Rocky I'm, music plays <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Rocky music. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and all this time, uh, I'm... I'm I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah. All right. All, you know, all the time I'm doing this, I'm still like I'm getting better at training, but I'm still not training on that like professional level. Like I'm running like.
0: What was your mindset during all this? Like, what do you what do you because ta- I know you're talking to yourself. What's what's going on in your head? Mentally,
3: it's a lot of times you you just can't think of where you're at. You just gotta think of like where you're going because a lot of times people get caught up in like. The past or the present, and you know it's good to live in the present when you're doing workouts and stuff like that. But in terms of like if I'm doing well in training or if I'm not, I just and like I know where I want to be, and so all the little baby steps that I'm making is are gonna get me there. So you know me going from like I'm in my first race as a professional outdoor, and they had actually like the doctors came back, they tested me, and they were like, "Wow, this is crazy." Uh, your leg actually got so much stronger. We've never seen this before. Like, wow. it's such a little bit of time because I'm just putting in so much work. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> like I expected that because yeah. I know what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when someone tells you something, you got to like, you know, of course, I took what they said, like, all right, you know, you don't need to run right now. So I'm a not run right now. But at the same time, it's like, I'm going to do everything in my power so I can get back to that level. So the first couple of times I raced, I ran, you know, like slower than I was running in high school. I was running 46 seconds, which is still, it's not slow, but, you know, compared to me, it's not like what I wanted to be running. doesn't meet your personal standard. Yeah, exactly. And so from like my first four or five races and I started getting better in training, but I couldn't produce it on the track. And my coach is just like. You know just just keep training you don't need to do anything just crazy keep swimming this year. just keep swimming <laughs> yeah and so by the end of the year i had actually ended up pr and i ran like a personal best and i ran a couple of meets in in europe and i i remember when i ran i when i won my first professional race it was a meet in italy and i won it and i was so ecstatic because i mean i was getting fourths and fifths and six and i won this race and and i pr'd on the, in that race i had a you know a new personal best and i mean i wanted to cry <laughs> I i'm finally eating dinner tonight yeah. thank you oh my gosh it was in italy like, yeah. just let alone. that's yeah. awesome yeah i mean it was like and it was like my first time in europe as well so I mean, first memory of europe huh yeah <laughs> and so that was like a a really big like step for me like just knowing that i'm going in the right direction and then um, you know, I ran a couple of meets after that and I was still doing solid. And that was like the turning point where I was like, all right, I'm still on the right path because when you're, when you're training and you're doing, you're putting in so much work, but it's not showing on the, like, it's not showing where you're putting the work. It's like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I actually good? Am I never going to run fast right. again? Yeah. And, and then like when you, when that like little glimpse of hope <laughs> comes, <laughs> and it's like, all right, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So I know where I,
0: I know where I, I know what I'm doing is good and what I'm doing is right. Yeah,
2: I think it's safe to say there's a lot of athletes out there that don't that don't come back from an from an injury like that. That's that's a comeback story. Yeah, none of them ever get. Sometimes never get that feeling of validation
1: where you've done all this work, you've done you've done all this training and everything. You've you've just done everything that you can, but they're just not able to produce it on the track. But like you were able to do that, man. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. No, no, and I, dude, you're. I mean, I don't know. I know. Every sport is different, but you're not even in your prime. You're 20. Yeah. (laughs) Like, for most men in professional sports, they're not in their prime until like 30, 32. What is the prime? What is the prime for track? (laughs) Um, I would say like
0: Pretty young It's like 20 something Isn't it Really like, It would be Yeah, you know, yeah. It, The prime. The pine like is pretty 25 young 25 and 30 Yeah okay. Wow you know, okay. okay Okay yeah. Yeah. It's, it's young Cause Yeah you
3: know, It's like t- Between 25 and 30 Once you <laughs> <Yeah>. get like <laughs> yeah. Once you get plus 30 A lot of times uh, Start to slow down Yeah Like, so like not everybody once, But Once you, once you hit 25 It's just like <laughs> and starts just going downhill from there. Yeah, they like to say it's like between twenty five and thirty is like your best years. That's when you usually do like the most, like you'll you'll get your fastest times and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And after thirty, a lot of times you gotta like slow down in training because your metabolism can't handle it. What
0: What is a typical What is a typical training day? You know, like you wake up. All right. cause I know you wake you wake up like what eight or something. It's like seven, I wake up like seven, seven. Okay. So yeah.
3: typical training day, uh, or typical day. I wake up 7, between 7 and 7.30. I'll go, you know, you, I make my eggs. I eat eggs, three eggs every morning for breakfast. I'm very routine. Like <laughs> I'm very routine. <laughs> uh, we have practice at 9, so we go to practice. And, you know, we'll, we'll go to the track. Everybody will get there. Um, we start warming up. And we'll warm up for about an hour, uh, just making sure that our muscles are moving right, doing drills, stuff like that. And then we'll do our workout. Depending on the day depends on like the type of workout we have. Usually like Thursday and Fridays we'll have I mean, um Tuesdays and Fridays we'll have harder workouts. Um, Mondays and Thursdays we'll have um a little bit easier workouts, a little bit more speed stuff, while the other days are a little bit more like strength, strength uh, you know, throw up type days. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. we'll stay there until like eleven thirty. So we'll be at the track between like nine and eleven thirty. And then after that we'll go directly to the gym and a lot of times I'll have like a like I'll make a smoothie at home, or uh, protein shake or something like that. So I'll have a little bit of energy. Sometimes people get food in between going to, from the track to the gym, and around we'll start the gym around like between twelve and twelve thirty, and usually be there till like two o'clock, and then after two o'clock you get to go home and you know. Depending on the day, you'll some people go to treatment, some people do this and that. Some people actually have lives and they actually do stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> some people, some have, people have friends. Wow. wow. Yeah. No, I mean like jobs and stuff. Yeah. Like some people oh, have jobs. Wow, Jeez. on top of this. They actually do that. Like wow. um most most of the people in my training group don't, but you know, some people actually like they have businesses and they have jobs and stuff like that. Everybody has their own thing. Um, takes so a whole
1: gives a whole new meaning to running a business, eh?
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> you did not. <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't know, that know why is. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I was,
2: I did not see. that. Gotta get one in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, was I was, I was, I was waiting. I was, I was like, George is doing that? really good with no puns this episode. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, where is, is, is it coming, coming from? <laughs> oh wow I mean, man. for you, Josephus, what are you, what are you building towards? What are you building for? Matt, in terms of like
3: track i want to of course be a Olympic champion i want to be the fastest person ever i can't i can't settle with being anything that's second yeah i want to be the best ever um but in terms of like in life in general i would say i want to leave somewhat of a legacy um and i want to i want to leave something for my kids i would say like i want to build up some type of wealth or something like that to support like my kids and make sure that they don't have to struggle or anything like that because um, growing up I remember like you know I've lived in a lot of different environments I would say so uh, I've lived like that you know nice middle-class life as well as that like you know poverty living off food stamps you know yep. not having really like getting your life's cut off and stuff like that like I've lived like both lives and I know for a fact that like I can't have my kids live in the in
2: in like that poverty lifestyle so right yeah I mean you're coming from a position of unique ability to do what I'd safely say over 90 percent of the population can't do and so to put yourself in that position and you know you're wanting to leave a legacy and do these things for your children that those are all immensely great goals it shows that you have your head on straight it shows that you know what you're doing with your career um yeah that's that's amazing, especially if we were coming back from your injury, that's amazing. Do you guys, you guys got anything you wanna add?
0: No, I was gonna say, I think it's my last question. Um, what would you, if you had three words to help someone get out of that mental state of just like, man, I'm not, I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't do this, I can't do that. Or they're just like beating themselves up kind of thing. Like, what, what are those three words? Man, three words is yeah. <laughs> not short. Sure. I mean, all um, right. You, a little you, limiting. You don't have to say, you don't say three advice, words. But. I give
3: some advice. I would say uh, don't put limits on yourself. I think a lot of times people put limits on themselves and, you know, think. That's it. I'm not. I can't do three words. No, 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 <laughs> no I <it's> can <three> <laughs> Yeah, I would say don't limit yourself. That's three words. Don't limit yourself. That's the process. Yep. <laughs> but A lot all of right. people will limit themselves, you know, uh because of their environment or because of what they see or what they know. You know, they think they can't attain something. They think they can't, you know, reach this goal. Like even in track and field, like you'll have young athletes and some of them, you know, they'll get to this spot and they're, you know, they'll see people running these super fast times of their same age, You're like, oh my gosh, you know, oh, why am I not running that fast and yeah. training hard? And it's like, how can I reach that? And a lot of times it it just comes within yourself, like you believing that you can do it and not putting that limit on yourself where it's like, okay, well, I remember when I was younger and I was maybe like a freshman in high school and I was a fast freshman. I was the number one freshman in the country in the U.S. But I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be like the best person in the U.S. So even as a freshman, I'm like, all right, what can I do to be number one? Mm. Yeah, and yeah. and then the next year I went and won like the high school national championships as a sophomore, like at 15 years old, and so like, just never putting that limit on myself was like I don't want to be the the best sophomore, or the best freshman. I want to be the best person. I want right. to be the best high school. I want to make the Olympics out of high school. Like that type of mentality pushes you so far. It's that line
2: that line mentality. <laughs> comparisons, like comparisons, the greatest enemy until you use it to benefit yourself. You know, being the best. Um, thank you for being on, Josephus. Seriously, man, is there is there anything you want to plug as far as social media wise? Anything you got going on? Any any races you got going on? Oh, uh, right,
0: talk, talk about talk more. Plugging your uh, the Jay Lyles oh, production Yeah, uh, yeah. you
3: can follow. All right, you can follow me at uh, Josephus underscore Lyles on Instagram and Twitter. I have a photography page. I do a little something some. J Dot so, so, so. Lyles, <laughs> all right, J Lyles Productions. Y'all can follow me on Instagram on there. Um, and that's it. You know, kind of cool. So you know, <laughs> yeah, links, links, will be down, links will be down below for sure. Yeah, they'll uh, all be in the description.
0: Definitely. Thank you again for coming out and uh, driving from Claremont. That's a little a drive. Uh, ah, no it's fine. <laughs> it's like forty-five minutes. <laughs> actually, That's no, it's something. like an, hour, it's an and hour and a half. It's like an hour and a half. Where you drive. An no, and I, drive. I was gonna <laughs> say, because like, Stop I drive head. I drive pretty <laughs> fast, but like, bro, you drive super slow. Like, even following me here, you drive so okay, slow okay. I was driving slow
3: because I was following you. I don't drive slow, bad, dude.
0: That's fast you, <laughs> you, you make know, an hour and a half drive to, to 45 I was driving slow because I was following you. To be honest, when I was driving, like I made it like an hour.
3: I made it in an you,
1: hour. You can turn an hour and a half drive into forty-five minutes.
0: That's terrifying.
1: So I've made it clear it? Are you going ninety? If, if, like, if you're going, if you're
3: going at <laughs> night and there's no traffic, you can hit that drive in about an hour. Oh, okay, see that that but makes sense. If going going the daytime. It's gonna be so much traffic coming from Claremont. Like that's on true. Oh, 75, or well, yeah, seventy five. There's so much traffic coming in. Like I don't know why. On Saturday <laughs> that's morning. true. We so were true. just that's about true. to end the
1: episode. I feel like we need to talk about this, but unfortunately, that's all <laughs> the time we have for today. So <laughs> um, we're check out, the guys. Links in the description. Appreciate it. All right, nice we're watching. we're out.